it's that connection with someone that that cares for them, that has the empathy for them. And also then obviously from, from the exercise side of things, you have that physiological response as well, which obviously helps. So it's, it's, I, think, I think it's been a hugely successful thing um, in that it's kept people going. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. My next guest is Ben Kamara founder of Number One Fitness, voted Men's Health Trainer of the Year, who has worked with some of the most famous faces in the world, Madonna and Kate Moss, to name a few. He's also recently launched Remote Coach, a service for personal trainers that allows them to train clients anywhere in the world. We chat about his journey to becoming one of London's most successful PTs via a stint as a professional footballer, from humble beginnings in Devon, his love of shepherd's pie, and hanging out in Ibiza with the Queen of Pop herself. I hope you enjoy. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> ah, how are you doing? So you, you're the one that lives in Devon. You're the one. I am in Devon, yeah. right? I am, and you're from Devon. I, I can see. Well, I, I am there. indeed. Yeah. yeah, I grew up in Tavistock. Tavistock. It's amazing. My best friend has just moved there, so uh, I was there last weekend actually before this lockdown all kicked off. This is a really pretty town. Um, it's yeah, quite it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Um, I haven't actually been for. Well, it's got to be two years now, obviously, because the year's just flown by. So I've still got a lot of good friends, um, the best of friends, yeah, live live in Tavistock or work in the town. Oh, well, I've been reading lots about you and um, consumed, oh, wow. voted men's health best trainer. And you train some pretty amazing stars like Madonna and Kate Moss and all sorts. So I'd, mm. I'd love for you to just kick off by talking to me about how you got into this industry. Um, yeah, from your humble days at Tavistock and how you how you climbed the ladder to become the successful PT you are today. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's an interesting, I think it's interesting anyway. I mean, I was never really into, uh, let's call it gym fitness growing up. Um, so I left school at 16 to go and play football. So I moved to Tokyo where I um, became an apprentice. That's kind of what they called it back then. And then I turned pro at 18. Um, and so I was sporty. I enjoyed sports, but not the whole gym thing. Um, I mean, I think there's, there's still the, the one gym in Tavistock where I grew up that we used to maybe go down there, but didn't really know what we were doing. But how I got into the fitness industry was basically that uh, I was about 23 at the time um, and football wasn't going as planned. Let's say I'd, I'd kind of moved and I was playing out in Belgium um, and I, I got injured. And at the time, the, the union, the Professional Footballers Association, which was really, really good at kind of helping um, players, ex-players, um, you know, with, with, with lots of things, you know, career changes and stuff. I had basically a six month window where I was going to go and get an operation on my ankle. Um, and you know, I pretty much wouldn't have been able to play and they were doing a huge push with Premier Global. So there's a shout out to Premier Global, um, in putting, um, players, whether you had a club or if you, you know, you didn't have a club, you could go and do a personal training certification and also a sports massage certification. And it took at that time, it took about four and a half, five months. So I called one of my best friends who, who was also next player was living in London he was like you know why don't you just come and do this so I was, I was thinking 
why not? So the plan was always to go to London for, for six months, uh, have my art, I was having my art in, in London. Uh, my parents had always been kind of onto me about uh, education rather than just kicking a ball around anyway. So I just thought, let's tick that one off. Um, and I actually just fell in love with it. So got into fitness that way. Went and did this course kind of, you know, re refound kind of passion for learning because, you know, it was very much, you know, from 15, 14 was all just football, football. So um, more kind of fell in love with the learning of the anatomy and physiology, which is which I've never thought I would, um, more so than just the gym. But that's kind of where the, the fitness journey started. So I ended up then cancelling my contract in Belgium. I didn't go back. That was not a nice phone call, but started just PT here in London. Um, and that's where it kind of began, I guess. Yeah, amazing. And so from from that, from getting your certification to now, mm. how, how long has that been? And like, where where did it take you? So um, about 18 months after just doing the kind of, you know, uh, walk in the gym floor, as, as they call it, um, I opened up uh, PT Studio with uh, a friend of mine, Harry, which is called Number One Fitness. We launched that in 2009. Um, so for the last, yeah, close to 15 years, so 13 years something like that, I've been personal training. So that shows my age. Um, but yeah, since then we we built multiple locations. We've got two locations in in London. We have an academy as well where we teach now people to become personal trainers. We we upskill them uh, if they are trainers. Um, and it's 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 been a really good uh, profession. I still love it today. Um, I've been very fortunate to train um, some you know really inspiring people, should we say, and also travel. I've been able to travel with some of these clients. So it's been it's been a bit of a crazy uh, turnaround from like I said leaving a small town in Telestock to go and play football yeah it's amazing and how did the likes of these you know these global icons like Madonna and Kate Moss hear about you did they did they contact you directly or were you put in touch um yep so um in 2000 and gosh when is it about five six years ago I think it was then um I won yeah this men's health personal trainer of the year award um which uh was fantastic pretty much just to then kind of be obviously featured and it was a great uh the competition was great because it was actually training someone so you had to train someone and, and show how they changed you know both from a fitness level to body composition all these sorts of different things um and from there yeah it's kind of where i guess i started to work with some um more let's call them famous yeah famous people so the likes of Kate, um, I started to work a lot more in the fashion industry and again, just fell into it. I, I started working with um, quite a famous, successful photographer and worked with him for about five, six years. And through that, really, through, through training um, with him um, and then got introduced to Kate. Um, Madonna came to stay with us in Ibiza. Uh, I'd gone there for, for a month with, with the client. And so it was kind of more word of mouth, really. Um, I was still doing some kind of writing and, um, I guess, articles, but it was more so word of mouth, really. Um, yeah, so that was. Pretty... It wasn't really the Instagram thing, you know. I know it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's quite hard now to you, know, you get your your PT certification. It's all very quick. You do it digitally, I think these days. I think that's what Premium mm. offer, and you don't get that same 
like a mentorship, I guess, with your tutors in the same way. I don't know how you feel about the change. It seems like anyone can become a PT overnight, but whether they'll be a good one is another matter. Yeah, I mean, some of the stats are are crazy, and I think it's over eighty percent. I think that don't stay as personal trainers in year two. Um, we do have a, an academy, um, which the only reason we actually we launched it was we were building the the studio team and. As, we, as, you, as you mentioned, we kind of were hiring and interviewing and felt that maybe there wasn't that level of um, care, let's say, with the education side of things. So, yeah, ours is a face-to-face when it can, obviously, pre-COVID. Um, you know, I mean, some of the virtual courses are actually, uh, you know, I, I must hold my hands up, they are quite good, some of them. Um, but I guess it's, it's down to the individual as well, you know, how kind of... That's the first rung on the ladder, really, of learning. And so if you continue learning um, consistently and reading, that's kind of where you'll you'll obviously grow as a trainer. Um, But also experience, you need to be working with with clients and starting to kind of get all different people from all walks of life and training them. So, yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. And obviously COVID has been super hard on the fitness industry. And how have you adapted your training for lockdown? Because you've got another company, haven't you, called Remote Coach? Yeah. Um, So the crazy thing is that most people think Remote Coach is a COVID pop-up, but we we actually launched at the beginning of uh, 2019. And the plan was, again, I was still working with some of um, the clients mentioned. Um, And although it sounds great working with some of these clients, you actually realize that they're they're never there. They're never in London because they are, you know, traveling the world or whatever it might be. But you as a trainer also need to be um, offering your support. And in most cases, um, that is sending a program and it's usually just a PDF, having a call with someone and saying, you know, have you done your workout this last week? And it was never enough. And I was getting... Um, a client uh, in shape for the front cover of GQ. Um, he was winning an award in Turkey and he just wasn't training. So I ended up training him through um, a call uh, just to kind of get him back into the swing of things. And that's where kind of remote coach was born. Um, so the, the emphasis of remote coach is doing digital live sessions alongside that program. So you're actually in the room with the client when they need you. And um, we introduced that to the studio at the end of, uh, last year, so 2019, sorry, not last year, we're now in 2021. Um, and so when we went into kind of the COVID um, chaos, let's call it, we kind of were a little bit prepared, not not massively, but we kind of had already started to work on a, on a digital element. But the whole industry, as you, as you may or may not be aware, is, has been hugely affected with like 50% of uh, gym memberships cancelled, I think. So millions and millions of members um lots of fitness professionals which are the ones that we're trying to support with remote coach obviously don't have jobs um so it's been it's been a really tough time definitely for the industry yeah catastrophic isn't it and you've seen a lot of the studios reacting by doing these kind of online yeah you wonder what's actually happening to the trainers and how they're coping surviving yeah anything with three classes you can do um, yeah so in turn, if you were to sign up onto this program as a pc so what, what do you get what's the kind of package and um, so we we first just opened it up as a platform so trainers can just use the app to train their clients um the the app allows clients to uh, attach their wearables so their fitbit or apple watch um so they can actually get live instant health data feedback 
The coaches can also take payments. They can upload programs if they want to. Um, we're just about to release our motion capture analysis. So it actually counts the reps for the trainers and shows um, the form of, of the clients exercising. But it's, it's, it's there as a kind of tool more than anything. Um, we are also opening up a marketplace. So by the end of this month, January, we will be able to um, allow clients, let's call them, or users to download the app and also connect with a coach that they may be looking for, um, which is something new. That's, that's kind of a new thing that we realized that there's obviously lots and lots of people that are trying to find a good coach as well, an affordable coach, someone that kind of they can relate to. Um, rather than just like an on-demand video. But the main thing is it's it's a coach's tool, yeah, for them to connect with their clients. Okay, cool. And so would you send clients their way as well? Is that how it works? And- yeah, that's what the marketplace will be doing. Yeah. So if they're a preferred trainer, um, we will be able to say to them, like, this is a client. He or she is looking to just get a little bit fitter, get some structure. This is the coach for you. And we just pass them, them over. We're not managing anything. We're just literally passing them over. Yeah. In terms of relationships, how do you find chemistry changes when you're training someone in person versus remotely? Like, do you, do you find that it is quite like effective, or or can you, if you train them enough in person, do you find that it's easier than to train them virtually? It's really interesting because um, yes, of course, if you if you know that that person, you are you obviously have that social connection as we kind of call it already um, and nothing obviously beats in-person training um, but you know as with I think I was talking to to a friend of mine the other day FaceTime you know during this this lockdown period it's been unbelievable and I think to myself like if we didn't have that you know my, my family members live not in London etc so being able to connect it, it is different of course but you can still have the connection which is what is the most important thing um, that people need, especially um, uh, during a lockdown. You know, it's that connection with someone that, that cares for them, that has the empathy for them. And also then obviously from, from the exercise side of things, you have that physiological response as well, which obviously helps. So it's, it's, I, think, I think it's been a hugely successful thing um, in that it's kept people going. Um, and I think the future will be kind of a hybrid. You, you know, you might go for your favorite class with that super instructor, but you also might have some online classes as well. Yeah, I, I've spoken to quite a few people who are, regardless of lockdown, lifting or not, like want to just continue their online training because it just suits them having all their equipment in their home. Yeah. They're invested in the kit now. I've got it set up in the living room and they, you know, they can drift seamlessly from morning coffee to their workout space and <laughs> their laptop and but I think, I mean, I'm definitely that person that like, needs to change up their environment to like get in the zone. I mean, even yeah. I'm married to a personal trainer and I like, I can't think of training in the living room. It just doesn't work for me. I just get out. No, yeah. yeah. I don't know what, so being a PT yourself, I mean, are there people in your family that, that kind of have tried training with you and it's either work or not work? Like how, how is that? Because you've got this obviously reputation as one of the best PTs, but do your family and loved ones feel the same way when they train with you? Um, I, oh gosh, I mean, I try to stay away from the, 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 the close family. Um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. It's, it's, to be honest, um, my mum especially has done unbelievably well this last nine, 10 months. And what we kind of focus on, and I, when I say we, um, it's, I go back to obviously the last 10 years of number one fitness is, is the coaching element as well. That's why we called it remote coach. 
I went back um, and studied, did my postgraduate in personal coaching about five, six years ago as well, and just the importance of having that element. Um, but going back to the family members, uh, they do. Um, they're actually pretty active now. Um, and I, I guess it's more on, on the coaching side. I don't necessarily train them on a one-to-one basis. I have done, uh, of course, over the years, but um, they're more kind of on habits and, and structure and all that sort of stuff, which, to be honest, is the most important thing. You know, if you're consistent and, you, and you're kind of, and you know, like you mentioned, you, you know you need a different environment, just by knowing that will obviously help to stay consistent. And the consistency will obviously get the progress yeah and how your relationships changed over lockdown have you been like separated from family members and how how have you found that um i haven't my partner lives with me so we've been kind of in our own little bubble um and yeah it's been tough it has been tough because um you know family members that you've not seen for a while my dad actually lives in germany which is where i I lived before tapstock so that was about five six so you know, that's been tough. Um, but like I said, you know, you just, I don't know. I'm, I'm also kind of of the mindset of build, build structure and routines and that kind of helps with the resilience, right? You know, and, and, and like I said, the, the FaceTime side of things uh, and having that, that virtual actual call, I think it's, it's, it's been super important. And so, of course, it's not where we want to be, but, but also... Uh, I've been busy, you know, the, the, the gyms um, and also remote coach has kind of kept me busy anyway during this kind of crazy time. In these current times, we've all been cooking at home a lot more than usual. That means it can be hard to find recipe inspiration. But by using wild seafood from Alaska, which can be cooked straight from frozen, you can create delicious protein packed meals in minutes. Alaska salmon is naturally high in omega-3, vitamin D, and is low in fat, making it good for the heart, body, and mind. Alaska seafood is caught in some of the cleanest waters in the world, and Alaska is 100% committed to sustainable fishing practices. Check out at Alaska Seafood UK on Instagram for recipe inspiration, or visit alaskaforeverwild.com for more information. And it is so easy, isn't it, to fall into these habits where, you know, we're not working out, we're eating comfort food and we're just kind of hunkering down at home with the excuse of the lockdown. But like, what would you say to people out there to like what fitness does in terms of boosting relationships? You know, everything from just like how we feel about ourselves, our self-confidence to like, you know, how we are with our partners. Like how, how important would you say it is? It's, it's so important. Um, I personally know that, um, you know, Anxiety, all these things that, that that most people will have to a certain degree. I certainly have it, especially this year. You know, things like going for that run or going for that long walk even and doing some sort of exercises that just changes your physical state. So increases your heart rate, you know, increases your, your, your breathing or where you're having to control your breathing will have a huge effect on, you know, your nervous system, for example, when we're looking at it from that standpoint. And that will help with recovery with help with your moods and so forth i feel that there should have maybe you know this is obviously going into politics but there should have been maybe even more emphasis on people not just going out and exercising an hour and day but actually giving people some some activities that they could be doing because i feel that a lot of people still don't know what to do in that hour 
you know and so they'll go for a walk for 25 minutes come home and like you said this vicious cycle of maybe not fueling themselves in the right way or having more coffee than they usually would because it's you know two meters away um has kind of maybe not been as, as beneficial but i think the more we understand how exercise affects our mood um which then also affects our like you said connections to, to our, our loved ones i think that's where we can really find more people exercising. I think the self-awareness is sometimes not there for some people, how the exercise is benefiting them, not just on a weight loss side of things. Yeah, and I guess when you're cooped up with the same people or one person inside, I mean, it, it's like you you need something to kind of change up the energy and the, the, the chemistry between you, don't you? And exercise is a great way to do that. It but certainly is. Yeah, it definitely is. Either going out together or not, having that alone time. I think there's... That's also something that's really important. Yeah. And how are you with sleep? Are you someone who sleeps really well or are you, when you're very anxious, does that stop you from sleeping? Yeah, this, I'm usually pretty good at sleep um, and, you know, um, have a way of getting relaxed, let's say, uh, yeah. and, and kind of relaxed for sleep. But this, this last six, seven months, yeah, I must admit, sleep has been, has been tougher or more so just staying awake or oh, you know staying awake and thinking overthinking um which is is not great but i kind of usually will go back to some sort of um breathing so i'll do some nasal breathing control my breathing and, and focus on trying to just relax um and for me personally if i am really really overthinking um i've got a pen and paper next to the bed which sounds weird but if I write it, it out of my, it's like writing it into existence. If I write it, write it onto a bit of paper and then go back, generally I'll start to get, to, um, you know, further to sleep. But it's like journaling, yeah. isn't it? That's like quite a big thing. Journaling in the middle of the night, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just the actual writing, you know, because usually what I'm overthinking is ways of how to potentially help with, I don't know, it might be, you know, We've gone into lockdown now. What are we going to do with, with some of our clients? Mm. So I might have had an idea and then I, it just stays in my head. So I'd rather just, just journal it. That's good. Do you find a lot of your good ideas come to you at night in kind of random times? Um, I actually find that I get most of my problem solving, let's say, going just for walks or being, being out, you know, switch off a uh, phone and just literally go for a walk um i'll try and do that at least once a day usually twice a day because yeah it just helps to to clear um clear my head yeah and are you quite good at making yourself go out for walks or are you someone who gets that like kind of tunnel vision where you just you're so in the thick of it with work and you can't break out of it no no i I'm, i have to now like you know I'm very well aware that because I've been there, like I mentioned, you know, anxiety, all these sorts of things I've, I've, I've struggled with um, over the years. So I'll make sure that I have to kind of have a little bit of break. I try to focus on either going for some fresh air. So it's a run or a walk early in the morning um, and then at night, or then I'll go at lunchtime and then in the evening. Yeah. And so with the anxiety, did that start when you were training to become a footballer? Was it like an issue of depression? <clears throat> no, no, it was, it, was, it was actually when it was part of the number one fitness journey, really. You know, we had two gyms, we had 20, 28 trainers working uh, underneath the brand, you know, and um, 
you, you kind of don't set out to, it kind of grew organically, should we call it. Um, it's not the kind of world of say remote coach, which is, you know, startup and, and all these terminologies that we now see from like technology businesses. This was very much, we just grew it and, and loved what we were doing, but then just pressure, you know, suddenly you're, you're dealing with cash flow forecasts and, and landlords and all that sort of stuff when you started off just passing people dumbbells, <laughs> you know, so it very much was, um, just it was burnout more than anything when I look back. And that's why I kind of I'm really conscious of, you know, at least every three months, I will try to do a long weekend, you know, four days or something like that, where I'm actually you know, sleeping in if I need to, or just getting into um, some fresher air. Uh, and also daily, if I just consistently did um, 12 hour days, of just sat by a computer or, or coaching, it, it's just draining. You end up burning out and that's not helping anyone. And how are you with like coffee? Do you need that as a stimulant to keep you going, or is that something that kind of takes energy from you that you need to cut out of your diet? Uh, no, I, I kind of I, I just like coffee, um, so, so I don't start the day on coffee. Um, I'll have maybe like a herbal tea, but I'm looking forward to a coffee mid morning, um, and then yeah, I'll have a couple. Is there a reason why you don't have it first thing? Is it because it sets you off in the wrong frame? Um, well, I usually have been for a good yeah it's been a yeah maybe definitely 18 months something like that i usually don't eat until 12 so i'll fast usually till 12 so i don't know it's it's nothing that kind of i've found is a, has been a negative to, to me but i usually just wake up and uh, i'll have maybe some water maybe a herbal tea or something and then uh like i said go for a walk if i can um, I guess, yeah, you know, from thinking about it, if I suddenly have a double shot of, of coffee, it's just going to make me, uh, you know, bring the jitters on <laughs> and start me down that road. Yeah, people metabolise it in such different ways, don't they? Like yeah. These DNA fit tests now that tell you if you're a good yeah. metabolizer. I'm apparently not a good metabolizer. Oh, have you done one of the tests? done one of them yeah and I, I can only have one if I have more than that I start to get really jittery and like it takes control of me and eventually it just I crash out even though it's meant to give you energy it meant yeah no no that's interesting yeah but then you know my business partner is different she can have like four and be fine but you know we're all just wired differently aren't we I definitely feel wired if yeah. I've had like a couple and, I, and I, you know I haven't eaten anything I definitely am uh yeah. I'm not relaxed let's say that yeah and the uh, intermittent fasting, is that like a conscious thing that you started recently or have you always naturally been a bit of a faster? I've naturally, like, you know, since even football days, I used to get up and, and go to training and not really have a, have a breakfast. Um, it changes. I say it's been, you know, it's, it's probably been longer than 18 months, but, you know, saying tomorrow I may, well, I may wake up and have some porridge or something. You know, it's, it's not a... a a strict religious thing it's, it's just that generally speaking that's kind of how um a habit i guess now i kind of get up and, and, and i'll do my kind of morning things morning movements and then get into work and then i'll kind of have some lunch around 12 o'clock so it's not like a sin to miss breakfast because so many people say you should eat like was it breakfast like a king lunch like a prince yeah no not generally speaking you know that it, it's it's all fueled throughout the day right um I like to have an evening meal and I'll have that, you know, together with my, with my partner. And, and then um, that's nice. Obviously, that's kind of, again, we're going back to that connection thing. 
Um, but no, as long as you're kind of fueling, getting nutrients in and, you know, enough protein, for example, which most PTs will be, you know, constantly going on about, uh, then generally speaking, no. Good. And so in terms of like how food makes you feel, are you, are you conscious about the things that you put in your body and like how they affect you emotionally? Like, do you give yourself a cheat day a week? Um, not really. I think, yeah, I definitely the last, last, you know, even four to five years have been really that kind of self-awareness thing, which is super important. Um, I'm very aware of if I eat, start eating a lot of junk food, I just, I'm not productive. Um, and I guess that now the, the, the flip side of that has become that if I'm not productive, that causes me stress. So I try to make sure that um, I kind of am eating, let's say, foods that, that work well with me. That saying that though, that doesn't mean that I didn't, you know, enjoy some sticky toffee pudding like last week or, or whatever, you know, uh, it's just a case of, I do it more so that during the day, especially at the moment, you know, we're going through a pandemic. I want to kind of be a hundred percent. And so again, you know, I'll, I'll drink alcohol now and then, but it's, it's not, um, it's never really been kind of a thing anyway, really during the week. Um, but also I'm conscious that if I then have a drink the, the following morning, my body's not great on, on hangovers. So, um, it's kind of like timing it, right? It, it's, it, it goes back down to the, the structure and the routine that we spoke about earlier. If I know that I've got important things coming up on a Friday morning, then, and I'll make sure that I'm not, you know, having, you know, a bottle of wine the night before just wouldn't work for me some people some people can you know just for me it wouldn't work you know yeah and in terms of when you train your clients you you set them kind of diet regimens as well or is it mainly just the fitness side that you focus on it's mainly the fitness and then kind of bringing healthier habits um we will look at nutrition but if it gets too in depth then i'll usually work with someone on that um but generally speaking most people understand about nutrition really it's it's more going to the like we spoke about the how does that food make you feel part that that people kind of have that disconnect like you spoke about coffee um so many people constantly you know triple shot um from wherever two three times a day um and suddenly you know is that actually helping you well let's have a look at that you know so it'd be more along the lines of kind of um you know health coaching and training rather than just uh, nutrition i'd never give someone just eat this um you know it, it it's it doesn't work something that's always worked for me is this acronym that it's um it's a couple of craps it's like caffeine refined sugar alcohol and processed foods and i just find yeah. that so simple because you can always remember it and it actually always works if you give it a good like it does it does and yeah. the weight just falls off and you just feel so much better yeah i mean i usually say if it's kind of if, if someone is 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 asking for you know i just want to i want to i want to go full in and, and kick start and all that sort of stuff and i'm not sure where to start i'll just usually say look you know if it's it grows on a tree or in the ground you know or if it swims and runs and then generally you know and it's and it's a good quality obviously um that's what we're going to be eating from you know so remove processed foods you know there isn't a croissant tree for example so you know you don't need to again, have rocket science to, to think about what that food or how that food's going to kind of fuel you. But again, it, it, there's nothing wrong with if you're having it in a, in a balanced 
kind of lifestyle. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on like gluten and stuff? Do you, do you kind of tend to avoid wheat products and go for like oat if you can? I don't eat a lot of gluten, right? And, and, and that isn't just because I, well, that isn't because I'm gluten intolerant. It's just, I just generally don't. Um, but I think it's, the trouble is that we go from one end of the spectrum to the other. So you'll have, you know, when I first started in the industry, it was gluten is terrible for you. Don't eat gluten, you know, and, and before that, and we were coming out of this, remove all fat, you know, and then it's sugar and all this. And then it goes to the other end. It's like, well, gluten is absolutely fine. So you can just have as much gluten as you want, right? And, and eat what you want. And there's no kind of, don't bother having protein in this window outside of your workout. But that then becomes confusing for people because you have people that don't know where to start. And, and to have uh, a start point, you need some sort of structure. And that's the same with kind of anything, right? So um, gluten is not, again, something that is gonna, unless you have a gluten intolerance, is not going to affect your, your getting into shape. But should you be over consuming it, same as sugars and all that sort of stuff? Probably not. So. It's just about finding what's kind of working for you and, and how you can kind of, if you really want to eat foods that have gluten in them, you know, just fitting it in that way. Yeah. <clears throat> and so when you and your partner are in, like, indulging, say, having like a, a bit of a day off and being super fit and healthy, what do you guys like to eat together like that brings you joy? Um, good question. I, I, it really depends. <laughs> Sorry? It can still be healthy, but I'm just thinking like if you were to like, you know, cook something for a birthday or just a nice indulgent treat do you know what it's it's, it's probably not that exciting i like kind of um you know we're in winter right so shepherd's pies and i like um mash you know <laughs> so it's so british no, you know mash. Mash, you, so, sorry butter in your mash or no certainly oh god yeah 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 i mean like i said um i i, I don't kind of Overconsume things like crisps and chocolates and snacky, let's say snacky processed food. Mm. But um, yeah, completely. You know, I, I'm, I'm a right, I'm a real foodie. So anything from a, you know, it could be a shepherd's pie, spaghetti bolognese. Now you know now and then. Um, but not. But again, you know, uh, having desserts, I like a sticky toffee pudding. But again, it's it's not like you know once or twice a week yeah um but i think that's more just we just didn't i didn't grow up like that um so it's not it's not a case of i'm a pt i'm never gonna have those sorts of foods yeah. um but and yeah anyway but would you would you have like a bottle of wine together if you were saying yeah that? certainly yeah certainly um you know um and i like a, a whiskey grown to like a whiskey so but it, but it will always be you know if we're having or a roast, let's say a roast. We do like a roast. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm having a roast, it might be a glass of wine. Um, but I think that's the one thing that um, moving to London um, and starting to work in this profession, um, the consumption of, say, alcohol. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, that's when I started realizing that actually I would have a glass of wine rather than, you know, one and a half bottles, let's say. Um, yeah, and that's something that can change, I think, with age as well. And then the kind of, and also if it's been a habit for you in the past, I think there was that binge culture at university, wasn't there? I don't know if you were affected by that at all, but like 
you know, going out, out to get drunk, like that was like the mission of the night. Whereas now I think people are growing up saying, okay, a glass or two, but I don't want to change my mood or I don't want anything. Yeah, totally. Social media that can show me in a bad light, you know, there's all of that to consider now. Which we yeah, totally. And, you know, you know, um, again, I'm talking about, I think last week I, I had a, had a beer, like, you know, it's, 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 it's nice in, in an evening. I didn't go to, so that's the thing. I didn't have the whole uni um, kind of culture because I was off then um, playing football. I then went into my postgrad as an adult and that was kind of, uh, you know, it wasn't living with friends. And I was actually really quite jealous at the time. I remember my friends are at uni and they're going out, you know, on a Tuesday night and, and they'd call me the next day. But yeah, I guess, you know, some of those habits, like you said, will continue. But then, like you said, also it's, I think as you get a bit older, you, you realise on a Monday morning, if I've had a bottle of um, red wine, do I want to be starting my week like that? Probably not. No, exactly. Um, so thinking about fitness, like how has your regime changed during lockdown? Like, Have you been able to adapt things for the home? Because I imagine you do a lot of your training at Number One Fitness with all the equipment there. And- yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we... Um, we, we we use remote coach. So we use the platforms. We do three, three classes a day through that virtually. Um, so I've been jumping on, um, with some of the other trainers that have been taking the classes. Um, yeah, I do. I have my own little kettlebells. I don't know if you can see that with my left shoulder. Um, so yeah, got, got a little bit of, um, equipment here, but I actually have had a bad back for about a year. I've got two, two slip discs from slipping in the gym. Uh, actually slipping not not no more fitness um but, but um yeah i slipped and put my back out so i'm not really kind of lifting weights or anything i haven't been i've been doing more um yeah just more kind of with the likes of kettlebells um, a couple of dumbbells going for some runs skipping um but again i've been still it's absolutely freezing at the moment but I've been trying to get out and, you know, just skip um, or do things like that. You know, there's, I live in Stratford here in London. So over by the Olympic Park, it's, it's beautiful, you know, so just to get out and get to, to kind of have a bit of fresh air. Mm. And so working in fitness, you're obviously used to the, the endorphin rush that you get from exercising. So like, how, how do you seek out your highs now? Like, you're a bit older you used to play professional football but are there any things that you seek out with like your friends or your partner that can give you that real high yeah do you know what this building the remote coach business has been hugely uh exciting because you know we've got uh, over a thousand coaches now on there um you know and i and I don't speak to all, all the coaches, but speaking to coaches from all over the world, trainers from all over the world, sometimes some of their clients from all over the world, you know, so it's been really kind of um, exciting and, and kind of a positive during the kind of the chaos of, of COVID. But the other highs, yeah, I still try to have um, little challenges for myself, kind of from a physical standpoint, even though I'm, you know, getting older and feel all the aches and pains. Um, but also, you know, we've got a really good team at number one fitness. Um, and so I, I still do really love what I do. So it is kind of, um, a positive for me. I'm very fortunate. I know, I know I'm quite lucky in that some people obviously don't have that same, um, environment at the moment, but no, I haven't been, 
um, setting like my partner any challenges that are gonna <laughs> be highs or lows for me. But, but like in, in in the days like prior to lockdown, would you would you kind of travel or do take up? Any oh days? yes, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So massively love traveling. Um, so that's been the, the worst part of this year. Um, so yeah, I like to travel a lot. Um, usually would go. Um, like I said, you know, every three months, I'm very fortunate that my brother works for an airline. So we, we, yeah, so we get the um, cheaper flights, let's say, concessions. Um, so, yeah, love to get away, um, explore new kind of cultures and things like that. It's definitely been um, great. And also just learning. Like, actually, I, I'm really still uh, into to reading and, and doing courses. Um, uh, in fitness, you know, me and a couple of trainer friends went to Germany in November 2019, so just over a year ago now. So each year we'll try to go somewhere. Usually it's kind of abroad now to, to do some sort of studying within fitness, whether it be an anatomy course, or it could be a training course, or it could be a health coaching course. So that always kind of keeps keeps it fresh as well. Yeah, awesome. And so what about any like fitness goals that you've got on the horizon? Is this all just quite limited at the moment because of COVID? Like what would you normally, I don't know, train towards not a marathon per se, but maybe like triathlon or any kind of endurance event? Yes, sometimes. Endurance is not my 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 biggest um love, just because I'm not that good at it. So I get frustrated. <laughs> but um <laughs> must have built some good endurance i imagine anything above a 10k is is a real struggle um mm. mentally and physically um but yeah definitely you know i'm trying to with my back it's i've just started running again this last um month so i'm building back on that so i'm trying to get back up to you know doing a good time uh, for say a 5k or, or building up from that um but also i'm looking at um more kind of uh, body weight training at the moment is an actual personal kind of goal. So just looking at, um, you know, chin up, I've got a chin up bar in the other room, things like that, that are kind of just more body uh, strength, you know, my own body strength rather than just lifting weights. Yeah. And so for people like listening out there that want to be a personal trainer, what are some kind of qualities that you really advocate that you think they should have? I mean, it's, it's not really enough to have a good social media presence, is it? You've got to have some real qualities. Yeah, I think it's a really good question because there's so many different avenues that you can go down now as a, as a personal trainer. Um, you know, you can obviously work in a gym. Well, hopefully soon. Um, you can go down the, you know, the digital route, such as using a, a platform like Remote Coach, or you could be doing digital classes like you spoke about. Um, but the first quality, I guess, is that is definitely um, just having an understanding of like empathy. I guess you know we always say this to the students that come through our academy is that you know you, you need to kind of understand that empathy is what the most important part of your rapport with the clients in reality, uh, and understanding that you and your your goals and your kind of your journey that you've got to with your awareness of your of your body and all that might not be there for the client. And so just trying to help them find that. Um, I think you need to have thick skin because it's not an easy job, especially now. Um, you know, like you mentioned, there's there's a 
there's a lot of trainers. Um, there was kind of a huge influx, um, maybe six, seven years ago. Um, so you need to be able to, um, you know, understand that it's not going to be easy to pick up clients and it, and it takes hard work. Um, but I guess just, just a passion for helping people. You know, if you're interested in, in helping people and, and, you know, uh, you get joy from doing that, r real joy, because that's what you'll be doing. Um, I think that's kind of one of the things as well. Because, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a fantastic career, fantastic industry to be in, the fitness industry. Um, and it's really positive. There are kind of obviously negatives like anything, but overall, it's, it's, it's a huge positive industry. Yeah. And people always say PTs are like therapists, don't they? You've got to like empathy, like you say, but you're learning a lot about people. and. And um, people open up to you quite a lot, don't they, about their you know, relationship, their families, what's been going on for them. So you've got to be able to get a nice sponge for all that. Certainly. Um, you know, you, you might be seeing a client more than they've seen, you know, um, family members. You know, if you're seeing someone four times a week um, and speaking to them on a daily basis as well, you know, they, they you're ingrained in their life. Um, and... That's what I mean by if you're, if you're passionate about helping people, because when you do make, you know, significant changes, some of the changes that, you know, you, you may not have even thought of, but they kind of, like you, you spoke about sleep, someone might message you saying, you know, I've just slept the best, you know, this last week from the changes we're making, you know, it's, it's, it's really powerful. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And so with this whole situation that's been going on about this pandemic, has it made you rethink where you're living at all like there's been an influx of people moving out of London to the countryside like have you had thoughts about maybe returning down south or are you cemented in London is that um I am cemented in London um for now um the long-term uh vision would definitely be to move out of London I would love to be in a in a warmer climate as well um so I don't know if I'll be, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'll be moving back down to Devon then, but no, I mean, it's, it's London's great. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, but also, yeah, you know, I grew up in, in the countryside on Dartmoor. Uh, and so I do still have even, you know, however many years on now still have, you know, friends that I speak to and they're off for a walk up on pew tour or whatever it might be walking with the dogs and i'm thinking you know i'm in i'm in stratford so for now um i won't be moving just because you know obviously the pandemic has hugely hit fitness industry um but definitely in a few years to come yeah I think that's that's the, that's the vision yeah ben, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today thank no you. thank you for having me on If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.